Brambleclaw unhooked a bramble from his fur and padded into the center of the clearing. The stone walls rose all around him, except for a gap not far away, which was choked with dead ferns and grass with whiskery, seedy stems. There were more bramble thickets all around him, and he could see one or two cracks that might lead to caves in the highest part of the wall. He could see what squirrel flight meant. The place could make a good camp, but something about it spooked him all the same. I don't know, he began, not wanting to crush Squirrel Flight's excitement, but unable to ignore the disquiet that made his paws itch. Look at the surface of the stone, how smoothly it's been cut. Only two legs could have done that, and we can't camp anywhere near two legs. But that must have been ages ago, Squirrel Flight argued, coming to join him from the center of the clearing. Look at the grass and the bushes growing up the walls. They didn't spring up overnight, did they? And there's no scent of two legs. Brambleclaw tasted the air. Squirrelflight was right. No two-leg had been there for a long time. She was right about the bushes, too. Two-legs must have cut out the stone, maybe to build their nests, and then gone away and left the hollow in the middle of the forest. In a way, it reminded him of the ravine that had sheltered the old ThunderClan camp. Perhaps that could make it feel like home to the clan. Spencer Grant, and you're listening to Four Trees, a Warrior Cats community podcast. Uh, this week, I'm joined by Invader Fuzzy Talon. They are an animator working on some really cool stuff, and we're here to discuss the book. What was this book called again? It was something stupid. It was like uh, Starlight. Starlight. Are you sure that's right? Starlight. I'm assuming named after Starlight in the Moon Pool. Oh, uh, yeah, that would make sense. God, that did happen, didn't it, in this book? Uh, yeah, we're talking about one of like three events. I, I, I think that's like how it's supposed to be for the last half of the new prophecy. It's been a long time since I've read uh, these books and oh, the new prophecy. I had like a good good time in the beginning few, but I get the feeling that it's just downhill from here. I mean, the way that Warriors was originally set out, wasn't it like they meant to end it at dawn and they're like, actually, we should continue with arcs of mm. six books each. So from Starlight onwards, it's just like, OK, we're doing whatever's happening now. It feels like they had like two good ideas and then they were like, all right, how are we going to make this last 400 pages? Yeah. I mean, props to them for that, because I can't make two good ideas last one page personally. And I think that's really impressive. No matter how much academic language I throw at it, you know, I can only uh, postpone the inevitable. So in the in this at the start of this book, these the clan cats uh, arrive at the lake and it's like this big thing. Everybody's like, whoa, it's the lake. This is where we're supposed to be. And uh, Brambleclaw, it takes a second to think about how sad it'll be that they won't all be friends anymore. But he accepts it as a necessity without a second take because it is very important to these cats uh, that their culture is predicated on starting race wars over no reason. Um, Squirrel Flight becomes the first warrior to be named at the Lake Territory, while Mudclaw makes a power play on Tallstar's deathbed. Then the uh, clan leaders send the Prophecy Cats and also Mistyfoot out to scout for new territory, and Brambleclaw's masculinity is threatened by Mistyfoot's competence for around 60 pages. He decides to take it out on Crowfeather by not showing any empathy to him whatsoever. 
Uh, when they come back, Brambleclaw finally gets his first taste of power as Mistyfoot allows him to describe the territories to the new cats. He's approached by Hawkfrost, who tells him that they should go bowling sometime. Squirrelflight is mad because Hawkfrost is pretty clearly evil, but Brambleclaw defends him for some reason and allows it to drive a wedge between them. Leafpaw's squirrel sense is tingling, so she goes to investigate, but doesn't figure anything out, because we need to make this book last for another 400 pages. Uh, Hawkfrost threatens Mistyfoot's masculinity, and the cats bicker about finding the perfect spot to have their gathering. Mudclaw taunts Firestar, and Crowfeather taunts Leafpaw, and all the cats say their goodbyes and solemnly accept a return to the time-honored tradition of starting race wars over literally nothing. I can't stress enough how stupid that is. That night, Brambleclaw and Firestar are brought to Tallstar deathbed by Barkface. Uh, Tallstar tells them he's discovered the whole race wars thing is stupid and he wants One Whisker to be the clan leader so that Wind Clan will never get in a race war with Thunder Clan again. Then he dies before anyone else can corroborate the story. Firestar goes to announce it and the former Wind Clan deputy Mudclaw shows up with like a two liter bottle of Sprite and a bag of Doritos and he's like what something happened? And then uh, they tell him about what happened and Mudclaw is like oh well, wow, this sucks, and so he uh, starts accusing basically half of Wind Clan of being traitors to Wind Clan, and then the other half back him up for some reason. And then One Whisker, who is now the leader, even though he didn't really want to be the leader, appoints a background character as his deputy. Um, and I really like this part because <laughs> the, the, the book actually pointed out the extent to which the background character was a background character. <laughs> okay, what else happened? Poison water. There was the poison water. I forgot about that. So uh, That was, for some reason, a big plot point. Squirrel Flight and Leafpaw were complaining about Hawk Frost, and then uh, Leafpaw watches Mothwing poison everybody, and she's like, all right, whatever, I don't care. She's pretty. Um, so then the clans part ways to their new territories, and everybody complains to Brambleclaw that the, the camp doesn't already have beds and like a fresh kill pile and Mouse forgot all poison because of Mothwing. And then uh, Leafpaw has a prophetic dream that she ignores because that's how we do things now. Um, I guess it's always how we did things, come to think of it. Prophetic dreams uh, just never really factored into stuff um, for some reason. <laughs> uh, you'd feel like... I kind of like the fact that she's just like, ooh, lake of blood. I don't like that and just completely ignores it. You'd feel like these cats would eventually get genre savvy. Like we had a little bit of that in the, the previous book where Squirrelpaw and, um, and, and Leafpaw were like hanging out together and they were like, hmm, isn't all of this stupid? And Leafpaw was like, yeah. And then they didn't do anything about it for some reason, which I thought was cool. Um, let's see, there's more There's more squirrel and bramble claw uh, drama. And by drama, I mean they're both like, Squirrelpaw is angry, Squirrelflight is angry at Brambleclaw, and Brambleclaw doesn't do anything about it, except for think about how sad he is that Squirrelflight is angry at him, uh, and hang out with Hawkfrost for some reason. Even though that's like the reason? She told him that was the reason. I don't know. This relationship doesn't make any sense. Uh, so Leafpaw goes to WindClan to hang out with Crowfeather, who is, I guess, a love interest for some reason. And uh, Brambleclaw gets irritated because he thinks that Firestar doesn't appreciate him, so he takes it out on his daughter and is like, hmm, I wonder why Squirrelflight doesn't like me anymore. It must be because I look like Tigerstar. Um, Leafpaw goes to WindClan. She gets yelled at a whole bunch by Crowfeather multiple times throughout this book uh, for no reason. Um, One Whisker decides to give a bunch of territory to ThunderClan as thanks, and everybody criticizes his decision, including the ThunderClan cats, which seems a little bit, like, backhanded, but okay, whatever. Uh, Squirrelflight comes back, uh, 
they, they all go back to ThunderClan. Uh, Squirrel Flight talks to Leaf Paw about Brambleclaw, uh, and nothing happens. Brambleclaw has a Tiger Star dream with Hawk Frost, who has gone back from being obviously evil to being subtly evil, so it'll be easier for him to like radicalize teens on the internet. Uh, the clans go to the gathering and talk about really exciting stuff like borders and prey and who gets what. Uh, and then Squirrel Flight breaks up with Brambleclaw as soon as he mentions that he thinks that Ben Shapiro made some good points, which is honestly good for her. Uh, the gathering ends and Mothwing talks about how she's a cat atheist despite all evidence to the contrary uh, insofar as the existence of Star Clan. Leafpaw is troubled by this and she decides to go visit Crowfeather in his dreams to tell him to get over Feathertail. Then Spotted Leaf shows up. Uh, Leafpaw discovers the Moonstone Toonstone with Sorrel Tail, and she goes to meet Star Clan, who's like, Yeah, sorry, we took the wrong exit. We got stuck in traffic on the way back to the highway. Uh, Leafpaw tells Crow Feather, and uh, she's like, Hey, Feathertail said, Get over, get over me. Uh, that was Feathertail saying that. She didn't say, Get over me, Leafpaw. She said, Get over her Feathertail so that you can date me, because that's the idea. Then they meet at the uh, Moon Pool, and Leafpaw is given her medicine cat name, Leaf Moon Pool. Mistyfoot shows up in camp the following day and says, like, Hey, Hawk Frost and Mudclaw are staging a coup against One Whisker. Um, and I didn't want to tell any of the other leaders about this for some reason, because ThunderClan, I guess, is the only clan that does anything anymore. Uh, so ThunderClan goes to help, fights them off. Leafpool is minding her own business. She gets knocked off of a cliff and is saved by Crowfeather. Uh, they end up professing their undying love for each other, and then Brambleclaw chases uh, Hawk Frost and Mudfro Mud Mudclaw away. And then a tree falls on Mudclaw, and Hawk Frost is like, I didn't do anything bad. And everybody's like, oh... Oh, Hawk Frost, you silly boy, you didn't do anything bad. And uh, everybody forgets that he helped orchestrate the plot to take over WindClan, and then the book ends. Um, and that was the experience, that was the reading experience that I've had. I don't know if yours was any different. Yeah, that's the book, all right. What on, I, can I, like, complain a little bit about just about everything? Oh, of course. What? <laughs> Why did anything, what? You're right. Okay. Three things happened in this book, and the rest of it was filled with stuff that didn't matter. Um, but, like, the stuff that didn't matter is the is is infuriating. I, I, I don't want it to... Like, I, I understand. If they're going for, like, a six-book arc, we have to set up Hawk Frost as this big, uh, you know, overarching villain. And that's, like, fine. Whatever. I get it. But, like, the fact that everybody so readily forgave him after, you know, he orchestrated... Uh, a coup on Wind Clan seems a little bit silly to me. And the fact that, I guess, Mistyfoot went to Firestar instead of, I don't know, Leopard Star or anybody else uh, that, you know, would be uh, in a better position to help out with this information about the fact that Hawk Frost is obviously evil also seemed a little bit off. And just like, I don't know, I feel like we left all the, the smart decision juice back in the old forest. Or maybe, like, Tallstar drank all of it, and then he died, and nobody can have any more. Uh, but, like, what on earth happened through with, like, any of this? Nobody's talking to each other, and when they're talking to each other, they're talking to the wrong each other. And Brambleclaw spends the entire time just, like, beating himself up over... Like, oh, I, I want to be deputy, but, you know, is that is it bad to be ambitious? Oh, why isn't Squirrel Flight talking to me? Like, oh my god, you used to be... Uh, it's just... Uh, I, I, I'm sorry to whine so much, but, like, what on earth did, is this? Is this book? <laughs> what the... Yeah, I mean, you're right, though. Oh. You know, one other thing that I noticed as you were doing the summary was, like, how did Mistyfoot get all the way to the other side of the lake? Did Shadow Clan and Wind Clan Maybe she, like, swam across the lake. I don't know if cats can do that. Can cats swim across lakes? How big is a lake? Do we know that? Uh, 
don't know if we have like accurate size of the lake in little picture format that they give us. <laughs> right, it's probably not to scale. How would we go about like figuring out the the accurate proportions of the like territories? Do you think? Because like probably the closest thing we have to actual imperial measurements uh, or metric measurements or whatever is is the, the cat's like description of tail lengths. But I don't think we can like measure the entire forest in that. We might have to like, I don't know, I was thinking maybe taking averages of like av- cat roaming territory areas, but also the warrior cats don't really act like regular cats and like, I don't know, man. It's, it's so confusing. Yeah, when I was going through a really long mm-hmm. Brambleclaw chapter, I was like, I wonder if you could just take like the average speed of a cat. And then they were like, oh, it took us like six hours to get from like wherever their meeting place was to where Shadow Clan would so, like, be. Why did it take them two days to uh, whatever? <laughs> so okay, if it's so if it's six hours, how how fast does cat does does cat walk? Uh, they set out like either early morning mm-hmm. or around noon, and then it was like, oh, it's almost sundown. We better camp. Okay, in I mean, winter. That, yeah, the, is it winter? Is that the season? Yeah. I, I think it's like either late fall or early winter. Someone said something. They talked about the fresh kill being... But I did notice it was raining. Yeah, it did rain a few times. I noticed the fresh kill was like plentiful. And I was like, well, if it was winter, they would talk about how hungry they were all the time. And I can't, I couldn't tell if that was just like they wanted to... They were already hungry. <laughs> now they're in the brand new territories where there's apparently no Are... predators anywhere. I... There's midnight, I guess. Except for the foxes. Ignore the foxes that happen at the gallery. Oh, Yes. All both of the foxes. <laughs> I don't even understand how... And the badger that was chased out in passing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess there aren't any predators. That's whack. I, I, I don't remember very much about like what the, the lore behind the lake ter- territory is. I know that there is some, and I remembered like, snippets of it whenever they said, like, wow, this looks like it was dug out. Year eons ago by ancient cats, and I was like, "Oh, wait, hold on, is this, are they trying to do like an ancestor ancestral home kind of thing here?" I wasn't sure, uh, but like, I'm not sure what that would have to do with. Yeah, the it's funny because we don't get the payoff for like another six books. <laughs> I'm fine with that, honestly. Like, just so long we can. I don't know about you, but like, I, I think it's nice when we can sow seeds well in advance. I think it it, it feels kind of nice to read that kind of stuff yeah. ahead of time. Uh, you know, like how in the first couple of books when we had Bramble Kit, uh, he was being this smart, mature uh, cat who realized that everybody hated his dad and he would have a lot to live up to. And, you know, that eventually uh, matures into the extremely smart and extremely mature uh, Bramble Claw that we have now, where, you know, he thinks about every problem through every side and he never has any personal issues whatsoever. You know, the, the kind of nuanced, slow character building. Of course. So, like, what else? I, if we were to approach this book from any angle, uh, what else would there be to, like, write about? Because you're right. It, 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 I, I think I, I heard the same source as you when you, you mentioned that, like, they sh- the, the books were supposed to have ended uh, at, at the third one. But, like, say that you and I were given the task to rewrite this book from the very beginning. And, you know, we the, the previous three books as is, how, how would you, uh, I don't know, recreate Moonlight to be a little bit better <laughs> at the very least? Or, like, what would, your, what, what would you l- would have liked to see in this kind of thing? See, it's almost funny, because a lot of these things are not bad plot points. It's the fact that all these characters don't talk to each other, and then we just end up with, like, oh, Crowfeather and Leafpool are in love, and we end up with, uh, Brambleclaw and Squirrelflight aren't talking, and then that goes on for, like, a solid 200 pages each. It's, uh, yeah, I guess that, that I think... I mean, I, I kind of, I understand the dramatic uh, necessity for the characters to not talk, because I feel like a lot of what... 
I got upset about is the, the, the very nothingness of this book. Like the fact that, you know, there were border scuffles when people walked uh, all of five paces outside of their new territories and stuff. Um, but like, also, I, I feel like, mm-hmm. I don't know, would these books benefit from having more nuanced, like extremely nuanced, everybody is communicating and there are like levels of, I don't, uh, what's the word, espionage or something like that, where people are... are you know, they have these complicated ulterior motives that take uh, page, paragraphs and paragraphs to unravel. Because, like, I feel like the, the nothing is what irritates me the most. And if they make more, if they were to complicate the interpersonal relationships any further, it would just result in a lot more of nothing that could essentially be boiled down to uh, these characters aren't being truthful to each other. These characters want different things out of each other. And while that might be more interesting on some perspectives, I don't know if, like, I'm not sure why I read these books, but I feel like the the nuanced character moments isn't necessarily it. Would you is is that a, a sell for you? What do you get out of this book? Out of this these books? I mean, not that like drama isn't important to some degree. It just feels like this book takes a lot of jumps because they've got to set us up for the rest mm-hmm. of the arc at least. And it's like okay, we have these three things that are all leading into you know whatever's happening in Twilight and Sunset. Mm-hmm that we got to start establishing right here, right now. And then it just feels like you're taking ridiculous jumps to get to the leaf pool crow feather, to get to the hawk frost mistrust. I, I, I think ridiculous jumps is a, a very good way to phrase that romance. What was even happening over there? Like, I think, okay, my, my, my crack theory is that uh, all of the ridiculous relationships in Warrior Cats are uh, I- exclusively the doing of pheromones. Because I, I see absolutely no chemistry like i I vaguely knew it was coming because some of my previous guests had uh spoiled it whenever we were talking about it but um like i don't know in the previous books every time uh leaf paw mentioned crow feather there or crow paw uh there was like i don't know there was all of like one mention of how you know their fur brushed together like static sparks or some flowery language like that and that was like it like she didn't she didn't I forgot. I was surprised. I think it's her first perspective chapter in this book. There's just like a solid page of her talking about mm-hmm. Crowfeather. I'm like, okay, didn't remember this happening. Oh, I screenshotted that in my notes, actually. Her gaze was drawn to the lean, gray-black shape of Crowfeather. Of all the others, he was the hardest to understand. Leafpaw wished she knew him better. And I, I wrote, no, go back to being a lesbian. really bad for Leafpaw's character in these. I feel like, uh, I don't know if, if character assassination. Oh, she has like nice talks with Mothwing and everything, and yet mm-hmm. here's Crowfeather for some reason. I was also very worried for um, for for Sorrel Tail, just because like I don't know. She used to she mm. used to also have character, and now I guess well, I guess she had a little bit of like you know fun adventures because they went to the moon pool together, and that was nice. But like. I feel bad for every side character who I just cannot remember in the modern day. That it's like, oh, I know these are good cats. I'm sh- what on earth did they do and how long have they not been here? I, I think uh, it, it's probably best in the Warrior Cats world to be a side character because then you don't have to deal with any of the stupid tragedy that the main characters do, right? You're not being kept alive just for the fun of it. Okay, that's a good point. That is a good point. <laughs> I, I, I just feel like, you know, if uh, what was... 
I don't know. What was uh, Mousefur's biggest, it, you know, problem in her entire life was probably that you know, or she caught a bad crow once, and you know, it had uh, it was mm. rotted. She no worried. beds in the new territory. I, I guess that is a fair point. But like you know, some of the other, I don't know. I would would you rather be an insanely you know tragic protagonist with this awful backstory and everybody hates you for no reason uh, because you are forced to act and they are forced to react as a community and society that is uh, inherently against your thing until it proves to be uh, ultimately good at the very end or would you rather be like you know head empty no thoughts because i can see benefits to both i feel like one of those lives would definitely be a lot more satisfying um but na- but not in a narrative sense i think i'd probably rather head empty for a little while personally yeah i mean couple of tasks here and there maybe involved in one big drama but other than that like background life doesn't seem that bad yeah i feel like um brightheart and and uh cloud tail have, have like been living it up lately those guys have not been in any problem since you know the big problem <laughs> that <laughs> well i guess i guess one of them did get abducted uh but like you know i i just yeah they've got like minor scuffles mm-hmm. enough that we know who they are but also they are here in the long I mean, I basically don't know who uh, Mousefur is. I, th- I feel like she just showed up one day. No. And, because, like, what, what character traits does she have? In this book, she inherits the character trait of being old, and that's about it, you know? Yeah, she unlocks <laughs> old in this book. That's cool. I guess she, she hit level 100. She can prestige now. Um, but I just, you know, I, I, I guess not yet, but would... I don't know where I'm freaking going with this. My brain is absolutely fried. Can I can I talk about what I was up to today? <laughs> do you mind? Oh, you're good. Uh, so I've I've been like working on this uh, project where every week I do like a different uh, overlay for live streams because I think it would be a great way to uh, build my portfolio and increase my chances of getting hired because I don't mm-hmm. have a freaking job and it's stressing me out. <laughs> um, Understandable. And today I like basically everything went wrong (laughs) like i tried to set up a fluid simulation and the fluid simulation didn't work and i tried to do this and this didn't work and i tried to update to a new branch and the new branch was unstable and it kept crashing six times in like one hour and i was uh, everything is it's all done but like i feel like my brain has completely rotted away (laughs) need to give yourself a break pretty soon uh yeah that's that's the plan but you know first i gotta (laughs) First, I got to do a Warriors Cats podcast. That's the most important part of my life. First, you got to do the stupid cat podcast on Starlight. Oh my god, it's so dumb. Well, yeah, it's, <laughs> this uh, this book was really dumb. I'm not afraid to say it. I uh, yeah. If nobody else will, I will stand up for for the for my right to say that this book was absolutely stupid. Yeah. Like every single this book was uh the I don't know em- emblematic of the phrase subtext never heard of her everything that like happened in this book had two sentences afterwards explaining it which really irritated me like uh i feel like this is the epitome of when people say like actually the new prophecy is not that good of a arc and everyone is always quick to defend like yeah it was don't you remember the journey it's like okay what happens after the journey though well i guess if this book happens i can say that the 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 journey was definitely the high point i feel like I don't know. I, d- I guess I didn't appreciate the journey enough when it was happening. <laughs> it was, 
I miss things happening in this book. I miss, uh, there was literally like a point where, um, I think it was after the Tiger Star dream, Brambleclaw was thinking to himself and he was like, there are some things I cannot ignore, such as where did Hawkfrost's ambition come from? Did he share Tiger Star's hunger for power at any cost? And I was like, is this like a fourth grade reading log? Like, what am I, I guess it is a fourth grade reading log. I probably did read some of these books in fourth grade for my reading log, but like still, <laughs> I know I did a book report on midnight in sixth grade. Really? In sixth grade? Yeah. I got into it a little bit late because mm-hmm. that was like 2010, but you know. Good for you, honestly. That's, uh, I think at around, I don't remember when we stopped having to do book reports. I think it was like the start of high school, but like by then I had already proved myself to be a master of reading and uh, I was a big enough nerd that the teachers just believed anything <laughs> I put down. So I. I stopped actually reading books because I was too busy reading Homestuck instead. Okay, mood, actually. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Boy, that's high school. Yeah, I guess it is. Then I remember that, like, uh, junior year of high school where we were like, okay, our teacher made us do a book report just for the fun of it. Mm -hmm. But it was like, just pick a book that you've never read before. And I was like, okay, haven't read Tall Stars Revenge yet. (laughs) And then it was like, do whatever you want for the book report portion. So I made a Mm PMB in a week. And I'm never doing anything like that again because that was terrifying. Yeah, it sounds stressful as all get out, but like also good for you. Junior year, you're reading Tall Stars Revenge, huh? Yeah, because I I had left The Last Hope because I bought it when it came out. Mm -hmm. And then like two weeks later, my friends spoiled it because they were faster readers than I was. So I put it down for like three years and then finally got back to it and was like, perhaps I should read books. I'm so sorry. I can't. My (laughs) sincerest condolences. I think I was always the biggest Warriors Cats uh, aficionado amongst my peers. Back when my peers were still interested in Warrior Cats. Uh, I kind of miss those times. More simpler times. Yeah, man. But before, what was it? TF2, I think, distracted us. I'll say it. Video games. <laughs> they're cool, but they're not as cool as Warriors Cats. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, what else What else bothered me about this book? I feel like Cinderpelt is going to die soon, and that scares me, because I really like Cinderpelt. I feel like she was a cool character, and mm-hmm. I would rather that she stay alive. But there is this passage in the book that said, Cinderpelt was still alive, and young and strong enough to live for many, many more moons. Leafpaw was in no me- hurry to lose her mentor, and she didn't envy Mothwing at all. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Don't. Oh, I love like the, those moments of like dramatic irony where even if you aren't sure what's going to happen, you're like, there's no way that they would have written this the same way. Exactly. That was basically Blue Star's prophecy, like the entire book of Blue Star's prophecy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was this, God, there was this part where she talked about how um, it, she thought it was really mean of Pine Star to name one of the warriors White Eye because, you know, she was blind in one eye. Uh, and I was like, man, come on, you can do better than this. Yeah, yeah. that sure is pretty mean, isn't it? <laughs> I won't remember this in five books time. What, in what, if you were to do like a reread now, what, in what order would you read uh, Blue Star's Prophecy? Because f- I'm not sure if I did it the right way. We, we did Blue Star's Prophecy immediately after Firestar's Quest for uh, this series, but I wasn't, I'm, I, I, I think that's just because I wanted my friends to yeah. talk about trees. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I... I'm either of the belief that, like, you read it when it falls in canon or you read it when it falls in publication Mm -hmm. date because then you're usually not going to get tied up in any weird plot threads that they decide to add afterward. Oh, that's a good point, actually. There was, uh, the the whole, like, Uh, Power of Three prophecy in uh, Firestar's Quest kind of threw me for a loop. I forgot that book came out after the new prophecy started. Yeah. All right, I'll keep... So that's either... I'm of the general of either... Blue Star's Prophecy would be read 
before you mm-hmm. start the main arc, or it would be read, I think, directly after the main arc, because that's where it fell in publication. And also, Blue Star's not there anymore, so she can't say anything. This is true. Well, she's in, in Star Clan now, so she might be able to, uh, I don't know, go give some cryptic prophecy. Just a little. She's she's in Starlight briefly, if anyone I, cares about Blue Star. A little care. cameo in Starlight, about twice. <laughs> I like my mom. I think she's a cool cat. <laughs> I miss her sometimes. Like, honestly, if she, if she was still kicking, man. I'm not saying that Firestar is a bad leader, but I will say that he's made some questionable decisions over the last few books. I think Blue Star is one of the few that's like, this cat is still okay in Star Clan, as opposed to, like, <laughs> Spotted Leaf and Yellow Fang, who start to take that downhill slope real fast. I've, um, I've had to... Uh, God, I've come around on Spotted Leaf. I have freaking Spotted Leaf, man. I have so many thoughts about this stupid medicine cat that, like, died a million years ago. Like, why is she so obsessed with this guy? They talk twice. Like, I don't... Whatever. Every, I can't... There's nothing I, I can say that hasn't been said a million times uh, before, but I do want to... But it must be pointed just, out every time. It has to, because, like, it's so... It's just completely bizarre. Nothing about it makes any sense. Why does she happen? <laughs> I wish I knew. Like, there has to be a better... The one mystery that'll plague us forever. There has to be a better, like, dead mentor character, at the very least. Like, I feel like, fine, we can use Spotted Leaf for the first couple of books, because she's got some significance to Firestar, but, like, after the we, the books stop being about Firestar having cool adventures, like, why do his kids also get Spotted Leaf? Why can't, like, Leafpaw... I don't know, why can't somebody close to Leafpaw die? And then Leafpaw can start seeing them in their dreams. And maybe, you know, that'll be cool. Leafpaw will get to have a dead ghost friend as well. It won't just be Firestar or something. But like, man. But this is our family ghost friend. I had her and now you're going to inherit her. Is that how ghost friends work in this series? At this rate, probably. All right, that's good. Everyone gets Tiger Star or you get Spotted Leaf. You pick one or the other. That does not feel like a great, like, binary. I I wish that, I don't know, if we had like... I don't know, Frostfur in the mix or something like that. Like a nice background character cat that we could hang your hat on to tell me to have my head empty and not to worry about stuff. I feel like that would be great. I miss the fact that there's no one like White Storm, Lionheart. I feel like those would be good ghost cats. I would want them. Absolutely. It, it, nobody's talked about Lionheart in about 12 books and it makes me very sad. He was a good guy. He was good to my son, Graystripe, who is still missing uh, and will never come back, which is a shame. No. Not confirmed dead, but also not here, which almost feels like a foreshadowing, now that I say it, to something completely unrelated. But, you know. I, I don't. I don't know anything. If, if there's <laughs> anything that this has taught me is that I don't... Anything that happens in these books is beyond my control, and I will not deign to understand it. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Four Trees, our Warrior Cats community podcast. Uh, Before we go and and do our outro and stuff, I just want to say um, that we've got some pretty cool stuff happening, or at least I've got some pretty cool stuff happening with my own channel over the last couple of weeks. Um, If you're following us on YouTube, you might want to check those out. It's not necessarily Warrior Cats related, but I've been doing a a small video series about... um, designing motion graphics for live streams and stuff and i'm just about to finish that project by the time that this week's uh, episode comes out i will have just one video left um and then i'm also going to do a bookend but i'm probably going to do the bookend first and then the last video just for the sake of um spacing it out correctly um 
So yeah, that's something to look out for if you're at all interested in uh, doing, you know, learning about how to do motion graphics and and so on. Um, I cover that in pretty heavy detail on my channel. Uh, they're, they're like five 15-minute long videos. Uh, a couple of them are going to be 20 minutes because uh, that's just how it is. So yeah, um, that might be something you, you like. Maybe it won't be. I don't know. I don't care. Um, but yeah, until then, thank you so much for listening to Four Trees, our Warrior Cats community podcast. I've been your host, Spencer Grant, and I'd like to thank our guest, Invader Fuzzy Talon, for joining us for the last little while. You have been an absolute pleasure to have, and I'm so happy that you didn't seem that perturbed by my inane ramblings that day. Or maybe you did, and I just can't hear it. We'll see. Four Trees is recorded live in front of the studio audience here at Druid's Hollow Studios in Bristol. Our theme was composed and performed by Spencer Chopin Grant and mixed by Alex Turner. Our graphics and 3D assets were designed by Spencer Diablo Grant, and our editor is Spencer Pagliacci Grante. The Warrior Cat series, in case you haven't heard, is written by Aaron Hunter and distributed by HarperCollins. Please support the official release. You can find us at the web at spencergrant.co.uk slash fortries or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find our YouTube uploads with auto-generated subtitles and audio visualizations at youtube.com slash spencergrant. Again, I've been Spencer, and you have been beautiful. Bye!